it is uh, one o'clock, just about time for you to ask questions uh, of Dr. Beck. I need to remind you of a few things. Um, this is Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Um, we need to next week's um, session is. Oh. Are the regulations governance and access to justice fair um, with Speaker Rodney Jerky? Uh, so that's next week. Sounds like a very interesting topic and hopefully lively discussion as well. Um, there is um, there's a website that we can go to for for these uh, these sessions. Oh, that's something else. Yes. Um, but you, so for anything that's been recorded, you can go there and, and you can listen to the sessions, and that's www.sacpa.ca. There's a suggestion box as well, and it's in the, in the lobby for any uh, any any comments you uh, want to make. And now the topic that we're talking about is uh, public water fluoridation by Dr. Beck. And if Dr. Beck would come and, and uh, address any questions that you may have, and I'm hoping you have a bunch of questions. My name is Van, Van Christou, and uh, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Beck, for coming down from Calgary today, uh, even though I don't agree with you at all. Uh, we'd like to have controversy here, and we'd like to have both sides of every picture presented at this council. Uh, I must let you know that 60 years ago, I just finished a three-year research program on fluoridation at the University of Rochester, New York, and it was a program that was carried on at Columbia, at uh, Rochester, at UCLA, and Northwestern University, and the University of New York, all at the same time in, in, co in cooperation. And... Uh, they all came to the conclusion that fluoridation, 0.9 parts of fluoride added to our drinking water will be beneficial for everybody. Um, my, with that preamble, I'd like to say that I practiced dentistry here for 37 years after that. And, uh, and I found it really strange that you should start your comments by saying that you're not a communist and so on. When I came here proposing fluoridation in 1950, we were seen as communists for proposing it. How things have changed in 60 years. <laughs> the uh, big argument that we had from a medical doctor, in fact, from, from uh, Washington, was that uh, it was a communist plot to uh, destroy the health of Western civilization, a fluoridation was. <laughs> Having practiced here, though, for 37 years, I can tell you that I saw, according to your chart, I agree with that chart, a dramatic reduction in, in decay here. And we were, but before, we didn't get it right away. We had a great deal of difficulty in getting it because we had a doctor from Washington who uh, told people it was rat poison, that it was going to destroy all the pipes in the, in the system, and that it was going to just bring down our civilization. And so we had a great deal of difficulty in getting it passed. We, had, we lost two plebiscites, the first two plebiscites, and finally got it passed here in Lethbridge on the third go-around after a great deal of effort on the part of our local dental society. During the time that we didn't have fluoridation, however, while I was practicing, I was an orthodontist during those years, I was delighted 
to have patients come in from two areas in Alberta, from the Granham area and from the Many Berries area, where the children were getting 34 parts per million in their water. The entire community. They didn't have mental disease and they didn't have anything else. Some of them had model teeth. They had fluorosis. And, uh, but that's 30 times more, more than 30 times more than the amount that uh, we consider the uh, trace element that's required for proper laying down of the enamel organ in the teeth and for proper uh, 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 laying down of the bone as well. Um, the question that I would have to ask you is, have you had experience personally, uh, like my 37 years, of dealing with people and the effects of fluoride? Well, the, the answer to that last question is quite simply no. And, uh, but I don't think my answer disqualifies me from studying the scientific literature and making judgments based on that study. And in fact, the, the evidence of your own experience is interesting, but not very compelling. Uh, we require more systematic investigation to come to any solid conclusions on that. Uh, and you mentioned, for example, that <clears throat> on the 34 parts per million uh, exposure that one population has, there was no mental disease and so on. I can ask you, was anyone, did anyone invest, investigate that question? I can tell you that, they, uh, that in all likelihood they didn't, neither did they investigate for, for other effects on whatever system I mentioned and some that I didn't mention. So what we require here, you know, is systematically obtained evidence, objectively evaluated, and I will add your comments to my store of information. By the way, you mentioned destroying the pipes and the water distribution system. As a matter of fact, the presence of fluoride does cause the leaching of lead out of pipes, even when it's not, I'm not talking about system, ancient systems that use lead pipes, but the flux that is used for, for uh, the installation of uh, brass fittings, for example, contains uh, a lot of lead. And uh, there's more lead in children's blood uh, where their, their tap water is fluoridated. And uh, I don't think it's in, dis in dispute at all that um, lead is a neurotoxin, and, and a lot of effort has been made to, to get rid of sources of lead for children. So uh, I don't know what else to say in, in answer to your question, uh, except by my personal experience. I'm not a dentist, and, uh, and I don't practice medicine. I, I left clinical medicine uh, 45 years ago or so when I went into biophysics. I got interested in fluoridation about 10 years ago when a committee of dentists and a family physician in Calgary asked me to join their effort to stop fluoridation. And then I began to study. At first, I was just appalled at the ethical question. But uh, uh, getting past that, then I started looking at the literature you mentioned Rochester, University of Rochester. I, I think Rochester, you may have worked in a building that was actually constructed by money gathered by the, law, the, 
the Florine Lawyers Committee, which was established in the 30s to to head off lawsuits against companies who were being sued for for poisoning of their workers and the and the people living around their operations because of fluorine. And the, there were uh, there were a number of science, scientists incorporated into the University of Rochester and other research institutions specifically for the purpose of showing that fluoride was not only harmless but very nice for us. And that's not science. The scientists would enter into such an investigation with a question, not with a conclusion. And those scientists did turn up evidence of harm, and often that wasn't published. Some scientists have lost their jobs for publishing evidence of harm. And um, so it's, it's a really contentious issue, and, and uh, the reasons it's contentious, I think, disappear as you get, move into the medical and dental communities and all, but it starts with people who did have vested interests. And, uh, but I don't like to talk about that because that's not the issue for me. You know, the issue is, is it safe and is it effective and is it ethical? But thank you for your question. Okay. Our next question. Hi, my name is Kathy Rhonda. Closer to the mic. Closer to the mic. My name is Kathy Rhonda, and I'd like to give some personal experiences with fluoride. Um, I first became interested in the effects of fluoride when myself and my daughters had hair testing done. And in the hair testing, we found that we had high amounts of aluminum and lead and barium. And we were trying to figure out where did the lead come from. So I went to Norwest Laboratories here in Lethbridge and had our city water tested privately. And it showed that here in Lethbridge, our water did indeed have lead and barium and aluminum. Now, the aluminum they add to the water, and the amount of aluminum that was added was actually above the guidelines. When I called the water here in the city, they said, oh, well, it's just a guideline. It doesn't matter. And usually we're higher than that. <laughs> but um, in terms of our personal experience, my youngest daughter has been diagnosed with fluorosis from a medical doctor in Calgary. And we've been drinking the fluoridated water. Uh, all three of us... My daughters at age 17 and 19 already have osteopenia, and I have it as well. And all three of us are hypothyroid. So my question to you is, what can we do when we're having no choice and we have a family background that this is dangerous to have that fluoride in <coughs> water for us? What can we do as a citizen here? Can we sue city council? I have proof of the fluorosis, and we have all these health conditions and all kinds of allergies and all of that. Um, do we all have to go and pay for water? We, since I found this out, we pay to have uh, filters on our showers because of the, when you're absorbing just as much from your skin taking a shower, and maybe you can comment, comment on that as you are when drinking it, and we also have to pay for reverse osmosis water. So is that fair? when we have no choice. 
Before Dr. Beck makes an answer, uh, gives you an answer, thank you very much for your question. Um, we actually are um, starting to have a process where we're going to present City Council with this concern. So um, it's out there, it's starting. Dr. Beck here is, is come down to start raising the awareness of what's going on, and this is a big issue, and we're hoping that City Council will decide, yes, we can have a plebiscite to have this removed from our water, but it really, it will really depend on the citizens of the city uh, to say yes or no. But anyway, uh, Dr. Beck. Okay. You know, the first point I was going to make in answer to your question, where are you so I can look at you? Oh, oh. <laughs> the first point I was going to make is you can lobby your city council. And, um, and you can uh, uh, approach Alberta Health Services and the, uh, uh, whoever else might, <laughs> might have any responsibility for this. But the... Um, the question of, of what can I sue city council? Well, uh, I'm not sure. Different different uh, locations, uh, government is protected from such suits from the beginning. But I don't know whether that's the case here. Maybe our councilman knows, or maybe she's in hiding. But <laughs> the uh, you. Okay. If you don't mind, I would like to speak about the fluoride that's coming before City Council. Um, Neil made a presentation to our council, and we referred it to the Community Issues Committee, and that's expected to come before us in February. Uh, that's an opportunity for you guys to come before council, and we can have a conversation back and forth about this issue. It's important. Um, I would encourage you to, to do come to City Council in February and have this dialogue with us so we can move this forward. And from the judging from the information I have about the candidates who were in, in your last election and, and members now of uh, city council, that there is considerable open-mindedness among your council members, and I think you should take advantage of that. And uh, because in most most jurisdictions, that's the the big barrier is not not presenting evidence and having the, the uh, consultation, but getting somebody to allow the evidence to be heard on both sides. And uh, so, so uh, I urge you to do that. And with respect to liability, I, I will say that, that uh, under the law in, in Alberta, it is clearly the responsibility of city councils as to whether there is fluoridation in the tap water or not, despite what some people say, including the former mayor of, uh, of Calgary, who simply lied about it and said it's not their responsibility. And uh, so... Uh, and on legal matters, again, as I, I think I mentioned in my first presentation, there are court judgments in Canada and the United States which do say that uh, fluoride, as administered in North America, is a drug, and that in itself is an opening uh, because it's not regulated as a drug. And... Um, no one takes the responsibility for it. So that, that's an issue that might be pursued, but I, I wouldn't 
uh, you know, try to give you the impression that going to court is going to, would be easy or inexpensive or even successful. But it's an option. Now, as far as the aluminum and the relationship to aluminum you, you mentioned, uh, this may not be on exactly the, the effects that you were talking about, but it, it's interesting that aluminum follow, forms complexes chemical complexes with fluoride, which have the size and shape of a very central and multifunctional normal component of human physiology, which has to do with the activity of enzymes and also the activity of, of <clears throat> signaling mechanisms across cell membranes. Because many of our hormones, for example, don't, don't cross the cell membrane where they have to activate systems in response to the, the level of hormone in the blood. And so the, those mechanisms that are required to do that can be blocked by this complex of uh, fluoride and aluminum. So, um, and, and also one of the observations of uh, abnormalities in, the, in the, the nervous system that was been done in these animal studies was the presence of beta amyloid deposits. And some of you may have heard that that is characteristic of, of Alzheimer's disease. And I don't know whether there's any causal connection there or not, but certainly it's something that should be looked into. Hello, uh, my name is Patrick Rickman. First off, I'd like to say that when I was young, I did have fluorosis as well, uh, as evidenced by large white spots on my teeth. I didn't realize that that, that was a, a symptom of, of fluorosis uh, until I was much older. However, it did go away when I stopped using normal fluoride toothpaste and started brushing with baking soda, as well as as I was older, I stopped seeing the dentist so often. Uh, my question, though, is that Fluorine is one of the most reactive elements on the periodic table. And I was wondering, in the form that it's put through the pipes, does it react with things like copper and aluminum in the flux or, or lead and increase the heavy elements that are passing through our water and into our drinking water? Well, <clears throat> to, to the extent that flor the fluoride is derived, you know, from the hexafluorosilicic acid, in the presence of those other compounds, yes, it will it will react with those things. And you're quite right that fluorine, as an element, is more reactive than any other element at the periodic table. And it's uh, some of its reactions have biochemical consequences. For example, the uh, uh, biochemists studying certain enzyme functions use use uh, fluoride to poison enzymes, to suppress the activity of particular enzymes in their studies. And um, I mentioned this in this blog experience I, com I commiserated about at the beginning. Uh, and one of the commentators said, oh, that, what's, what's the problem? It's also shown that fluoride activates enzymes. I haven't seen any evidence of that, but even so, that's not the, what the body wants to do. I mean, whether you inactivate or deactivate, it's imposing an abnormal condition on its physiological system. So I, I must say, uh, I'm surprised that your modeling went away from your adult 
teeth. Uh, maybe our dental questioner can comment on that, but uh, because the the mottling is an effect of the formation of the tooth before it erupts, and uh, and when there is some some information now about that, which I I don't know enough about to to try to relate it to you, but it affects the cells that are laying down the enamel structure and. Uh, and these, uh, there are also studies uh, inevitably nowadays on activation, activating uh, genes, you know, part, parts of our genetic apparatus that is affected by fluoride. But I'm surprised that it's uh, disappeared. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy for you, though. My name is Sylvia Campbell. And I'm wondering whether we're not jumping on fluoride too quickly. The water that, that comes into the, to the water treatment plant in Lethbridge is filled with all kinds of elements and drugs. It's a toxic soup. And the, and the, the processes that clean it up so that it's potable do not collect all of those elements out. And I think that we're really jumping on one, one element and forgetting that uh, every time we take drugs and flush them down the toilet or if we just pee, we're putting all kinds of elements into the, into the water that is not taken out in, in water treatment. Uh, have, you thought about, have you thought about the cumulative effects? And the, and the difficulties of, of comparing studies done in different parts of the world. Because every, every system has its toxic brew. Well, yes. Uh, yes, I've thought a great deal about the interactions of the components of our water system. But uh, first of all, I would, would uh, want to say suggest very strongly that the fact that there are other contaminants in our water doesn't mean we should neglect a particular one. And in the case of fluoride, it's one where we have a very, very simple solution to the problem, if it's a problem, as I believe, and that is turn off the tap and save yourself $80,000 a year. That's, if we have a, a one of those components of the toxic soup that we, we might well complain about, that's so easy to stop, stop it. And uh, the, uh, I don't know much about your water treatment system. I've seen an analysis of, of your water, but it wasn't analyzed for all the things that we might be interested in. It was mainly a question of the fluoride and the hexafluorosilic acid that was added. So uh, I don't know how else to answer your question except to say um, that it'd be nice if we can get all get rid of all the things that we don't want in our drinking water, but uh, I'm not sure we um, 
we can do that by attacking everything at once. We have to get rid of each one in, in an appropriate way if we decide to get rid of it. And whether we're jumping on fluoride now, no, there have been opposition to fluoridation since it was started. So we, get, we can look back on five or six decades of, of concern about, the, about this particular one. And the reason that it has particular concern, because it, we knew it was there because we were adding it. And these things like the drugs that we take and wash down the toilet or the, our sinks or something, getting into the river water that some system downstream is using for their public water supply is something we know little about because we haven't been looking for it. Next question. Uh, hi, my name is Kevin. I have uh, two questions for you, um, especially since no one else is behind me. Uh, the first is I'd like you to expand on um, what other effects um, there are to the brain with uh, fluoridation of the water, um, maybe developmentally, other than IQ. You touched on that, but if you could just expand on some of the other ones. Thank you. Okay. Uh, the others that... Um well, they're, they're, they're kind of at two extremes. At the fundamental extreme, where we look at the tissue and the chemistry of the tissue and so on, we know that fluoride exposure in animals is associated with cellular changes in the neurons in the central nervous system. That's a, a fairly down deep kind of level to observe. At the other extreme, and this I know very little about, but I know that some people have been interested in it, that there seems to be some evidence of association of certain behavioral problems, aside from IQ, which is not exactly a behavioral problem. It's something we psychologists claim that we can measure. Uh, of, but, but behavioral problems as manifest in crime rates, as manifest in violence in a society and so on, that seems to be more prevalent with um, where, where fluoridation occurs. I say this with great heavens, hesitancy for two reasons. One is I don't have that, that data in hand or even know where to find it. And secondly, I'm afraid you'll think I'm crazy. <laughs> so your next question. Okay, my second question uh, comes from the title of your book, that you co-authored, um, the powerful politics that keep fluoride in our water. I'm wondering if you can uh, tell me kind of what that is. Um, in some of my own research, I've discovered that it, um, it's very expensive for um, uh, these industries that create uh, fluoride as a byproduct to, uh, to, to get rid of it in toxic dumps, and maybe you can touch on that and the other powerful politics that might keep it there. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll answer your question as best I can, but but reluctantly, because as I said earlier, this the real issues are these three questions: you know, efficacy, safety, ethicality, and um, this is another matter about the title of the book. Well, I. I I feel almost apologetic because it, it, the title and the subtitle make it look like, a, 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 you know, a, just a man, mindless attack. 
And that's not what's in the book. Uh, but our publishers, they want to sell books. And uh, this stirs people's curiosity and so on. But, but the politics is, is there. And uh, we, we see this from the, from the very beginning. The, I hinted a little that the, the, one of the forces that, that moved us to, to, into fluoridation were the these uh, forces organized by these industries and the government of the United States, which use fluoride in its enrichment of uranium for the, making the atomic bomb uh, in order to avoid lawsuits. Uh, this That was a political and corporate effort to show that fluoride was harmless, so you won't, so, you won't sue me, see? Uh, but once it was approved, it somehow got in the hands of, of some very um, strong advocates who um, applied uh, uh, some, well, how should I say it, non-scientific and unfair methodologies to promote the use of fluoride and put uh, fluoridating tap water. And, for example, the proponents would uh, dis dismiss the people trying to, to look for evidence of its safety or evidence of its toxicity or what have you, and uh, with name-calling and all sorts of things. And um, those were the leaders at the top, including in the American Dental Association in particular. And they... Uh, uh, were the ones that that the dentists, for example, depend upon for advice. That's natural. I mean, the Canadian Dental Association and the American Dental Association are professional organizations which take positions on issues and try to inform their their members about things. Um, they were told by these leaders that they didn't have to know anything about fluoridation. They just had, their job was to promote it. And they were told, don't appear in public with uh, discussions with an opponent of fluoridation. It just gives legitimacy to them. And that's, that's a kind of thing. And that, the reason it's, it amounts to powerful politics is because there's a hierarchy of this command, you know, from the, from the top dog in the ADA down to the dentist in, in Brooklyn. And, uh, and this, a similar sort of, of pressure applies in, among governmental institutions. And that, I, I better, better not get into that. But, you know, that's the idea. So I apologize for the title. <laughs> there in the, in the book, uh, I should say, uh, uh, I think it's a good book. <laughs> but the, the, it's organized in a way that makes it useful to scientists as well as to the, the reading public because there are chapters on different things. For example, uh, there's a section on, on the possible harms. And in that section, there are nine chapters which are on different things like effects on the brain, effect on bone, effects on endocrine system, and so on. And for each section, each chapter, there's a separate section of the end notes which give the references so the chapter discusses what was found in those references. But for the scientists who want to know, are these guys lying? 
they can look up the reference. And they, they, they don't even have to buy the book. They can get the references to that to the case against fluoride through the Fluoride Action Network uh, website. So uh, have I done enough to answer that? Uh, for the sake of the audience, I suppose yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. We've got one, just time for just one more quick question. My name, my name is Robert Smith. I'm interested in knowing a little more about the effects on the thyroid and has it been quantified? Can you say if you drink so many liters a day of water, will it depress your thyroid by X percent or something like that? Okay. Yeah, so the, the, um, the last part of your question as to how much dose you might get from some exposure will affect your thyroid system, I can't answer that. I don't think we have uh, enough uh, information about that. What I can tell you is that the, the, um, the effects on the thyroid system are, are likely to be due to the effects that fluoride has on enzymes, enzyme activity. There's a thyroid gland is responding to a thyroid stimulating hormone and it produces two two uh, uh, hormones you know a T3 and a T4 the T3 has three iodine entities and the T4 has four the, the T4 is less active than the T3 there are enzymes called deiodinases which are responsible for removing one of the the iodine components from T4 to make T3, which is more active, and so on. And there are other enzymes which contribute to the suppression of the activity. So in all of us having relatively for, uh, normally functioning thyroid systems, there's a delicate ba balance, which is quite complex. And we do know now that what the, these complex steps involve to quite a uh, considerable degree in terms of our, our knowledge of the system. And in addition to that, uh, we know where fluoride in the laboratory interferes with that system. And the, the fact that it does that where we can see it in the laboratory in great detail is what contributes to what we would call plausibility to the fact to the epidemiological evidence that fluoridation affects thyroid function. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Beck, for coming and, and, and sharing all this information. Um, and thank you, you for coming and listening. And I hope your awareness has uh, been increased and uh, maybe your concern over this is, is, in, is increased as well. And uh, like we said, we hope that um, we, we get this to city council and uh, have a fluoride removed from our water. Thank you.